DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hello, DJ. PK, how are you? Good. All is right with the world, once again, because the Jazz picked up the offense and just outscored Memphis. Now, that might drive Quinn Snyder nuts, but I don't know the Jazz fans minded. That was entertaining. It was a W. Mitchell looked good. What more did you want, Bowler? Well, I mean, it's it's a playoff uh, franchise record in scoring, right? Also, most points allowed in a playoff game, uh, 141-129. I'll be honest, I've got some free-throw hangover today. Uh, you know, I mean, well, the whistle was pretty was pretty uh, popular, you know, in that game last night. Uh, amazing to watch that you can put, you know, two teams at the line almost 70 times, 69 to be exact. But to your point, yes, the energy in the building was awesome. Uh and of course, Donovan. I thought his emotion just ran through the entire team, and that's who he is. That's what he does. And in the limited minutes that he played, uh, you know, there's a couple of moments you go, "Uh oh," because of just the physical. You, uh, you understand, I think, more and more how physical he plays. And so when he, you know, hits the floor a couple of times and took a walk back the tunnel into the tunnel. You thought, what's going on? But in the post game, we understood. You know, he was just trying to keep keep that ankle warm. But I thought, with the minutes given, he did great. And um, obviously, the players, his teammates, followed. And uh, there's a few holes in the defense. Obviously, uh, John Moran is a terrific young talent, but he got into the paint a ton. And of course, uh, the Jazz have got to make uh, some adjustments as they head down uh, to Memphis. I think that his mere presence, and what I mean by that making a difference, is that once we all, everybody, I'm talking fans, broadcasters, obviously players, coaches, owners, you name it, that once we saw him out there and he looked like Donovan Mitchell, like there wasn't any, like with Chris Paul, he comes out the other night and he just didn't look like Chris Paul. And I think that had a negative effect on the Suns because, like, wow, we don't have Chris Paul, the Chris Paul that we know that got us to this point. And I think that really was a letdown for those guys, and they end up losing the game. Conversely, the positive here is that Mitchell looked like the Donovan Mitchell that we have seen many, many times over, even though there wasn't as many minutes as he normally would play. But his very presence, he hits the shot right off the bat. I thought that really set the tone, and everybody could relax because it was like we got our guy. You just said the, you know, the three. That's the magical moment. The first shot out of his hand in 17 games in nearly six weeks. I mean, that's how you paint the return, right, PK? I mean, if you get that type of shot, and everyone does have the feeling of everything is okay, everything's okay. And it does spread throughout the arena, spreads around his teammates. And you could tell that. You're, you're spot on. You could tell that. And the Jazz, of course, struggled in game one from the three-point line, and they shoot 49% in game two after shooting 26% in uh, the first game. So, yes, making that first shot, which happened to be a three, just sets the plate, or I should say puts sets the table. 
and uh, everyone came to feast a little bit. I, I thought you're right. I mean, the emotion of that moment and just having the crowd rise to their feet, yeah, that was, that was special. Craig Bolderjack joining us, TV voice of the Jazz. So how much are you worried about Jordan Clarkson in the three-point shooting? One of 14, he banked one in. That's the only make in the series, 0 for 8 in the opener and 1 for 6 in game two. How much are you worried, or how much did you see him going to the hoop? And getting the free throw line and thinking, well, as long as he scores, it doesn't matter how. You know, I think we get uh, pretty pretty engrossed with Clarkson, and I get it. Uh, sixth man of the year. Uh, I think there's been a stretch here, even in the uh, at the end of the regular season, where the three point shot has been difficult for him. Uh, it, it feels rushed to me. I don't know. Again, if it's too much talk, too much hype, too much pressure, but I, I'm, I still appreciate the fact that he is starting to understand more and more that he can do more than just knock threes you know, down. It's like you just said, to the rim. He was 7-for-7 seven seven from the free throw line last night, and he's still getting his point production. I mean, I, you get a label sometime. It's probably our fault, you know, but fans love, you know, what we call the flamethrower, and the guy is just relentless in the way that he plays and continues to search dribble and find buckets. And he's, I think he's impactful just as much, to be honest. If he recognizes a three-point shot or they're defending him on the three-point line, the way that he's goes, going to the rim and getting to the free-throw line is just as good as knocking down threes. You're judged many times in this league, especially with the way the Jazz depend on the three and Clarkson's uh, ability to hit that three and being a game-changer, uh, That that's kind of – I can name multiple times in my mind where he's he's helped change the flow of a game just with his three-point shot and, and, and pulling the trigger on a three, but it hasn't happened in the postseason. It's going to come back. I think Quinn Snyder totally has confidence in, in Jordan Clarkson. Look, nothing's going to sway that. Uh, we've seen enough proof that he can, uh, you know, he it's a, it's the way that the three-point shooters are, it's a roller coaster, as we know. And I think right now, Lots going on in his head, and he's just got to settle down and play his game. But he's also making a, making adjustments uh, that he can. If it's not working outside, go inside and find yourself to the free throw line. He's just as effective. Doesn't matter how you score, just put numbers on the board. Morant gets a lot of run, and he's a fantastic player. It's fun to watch. Brooks now, uh, you got to tip your cap to him because he's a tough, hard nosed kid, and he's playing well. The thing, the, one of the guy the Guy who probably scares me the most. I mean, Durant, Moran obviously is the guy, but this Valanciunas man, he is such a load. And we saw that Derek Favors has a hard time matching because the size difference is pretty big. And it's like Gobert is pretty much the only guy that can do anything with him because of his bulk and all that stuff. How much are you concerned that he still uh, is going to be effective and maybe even more effective? in the rest of this series? PK, it's all about the whistle. It's all about who it will be or will not be in foul trouble, right? I mean, Gobert picked up four. Uh, Valanchunas last night uh, had four as well, so they kind of negate each other a bit. Rudy, you know, was on the rim. I thought he played really well, Um, you know, efficient. Only missed two shots, 21 points. He rebounded. At a couple three block shots, but Valanciunas, to your point, man, the guy is a load. And the part of it is he has a more of an offensive game than Gobert. Rudy, as we all know, is at the rim. And Conley, by the way, did a marvelous job getting Gobert involved. Right, 
last night. Pocket passes, put it right where it had to be, and made Rudy really a, a big force offensively. But Valanciunas can turn. He'll face up. He's got the hook shot. But, look, there's, they have kind of like their many big three. I'm just, you know, Valanciunas, Brooks, and Morant. And if you get a guard line with a big, you're going to be a difficult team to beat. And that's who they've become. And they've grown with, by the way, since the Jazz swept the season series uh, in the regular season, that team's grown a lot. Uh, Dylan Brooks, man, out of nowhere, just has become a force. He has confidence, to your point. And Jaw last night, I just don't know what how you stop it. I mean, he is... He's not a three-point shooter, but he's in the paint. And the shot of the shots, the, now that the shot that's in vogue in the NBA is the floater. And, boy, he is good at getting in the paint, timing it, able to drop it over Gobert and D-Faves. And they're going to have to figure something out to keep him outside the paint, force him into a jump shooter, or try to force him out on the you know three-point line somehow. But the way he is able to to maneuver himself into the lane is is pretty impressive. I mean, look what he did with Curry in Golden State in the in the final play-in that got him into the playoffs, and he's had a pretty good. I mean, not pretty good. He's had a really good series uh, against Utah right now, and he's scary every time he touches the ball, especially in the second half last night. I kind of felt like, look, he had his way. He's built his confidence, and look at the numbers he put up: forty-seven. Wow, forty-seven, and it looked easy, by the way. PK it looked easy. So Gobert and Conley get in foul trouble, and the Jazz lose game one. Right. Alan Shunas and Brooks get in foul trouble, and the Grizzlies lose game two. And in both cases, the foul trouble was immediate. It was in the first part of the first quarter that the fouls started piling up. So I'm kind of thinking that the NBA isn't going to want to be four or five games deep and having to say, well, whoever's in foul trouble, the refs are deciding the series. I think right. they're going to go to Memphis and they're going to let them play. Assuming a game is refereed with a let them play mentality, who does that benefit? Uh, it may benefit, well, Memphis likes to play rough and physical, right? We saw that with Dylan Brooks with his headbutt routine in game one, and Valanchunas uh, is, a, is a rough, rugged guy down in the paint. It may, it may frustrate the Jazz that there are no calls, to be honest. And DJ, to your point, I just made a note to myself in my, my scorecard last night. Dylan Brooks played eight minutes in the first half and Valanchuna seven. And then they were able to stay on the floor the second mm-hmm. half. Yeah, they were. And I think to your point, you know, it's who stays on the floor and who can stay productive and find their rhythm, right? Uh, we'll see how the home court plays into the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies, right, in the next two games. It's 1-1, but I got a feeling this is going to be more difficult than than people expected. Can they win? Yeah, absolutely. They're a better team depth-wise. The bench isn't going to give you much, if anything. I mean, Grayson Allen you know, was a goose egg late last night, and you get a bucket or two on occasion from uh, Bain and Melton, but the Jazz are a, are a deeper team that, in my book, is going to be the, the, uh, the deciding factor in this series, which will go Utah's way. Yeah, I, and that's what I think the bottom line is. The Memphis got some good players, and they're a team on the come. But the bottom line, as I say again and repeat it, reiterate again, is that the Jazz have it's not good grammar, but they have more better players. That, that that's how I see it. That's no, how I hey, see the difference. Better, good. As questions better, go, good. That, that was flawless. Yeah, yeah, but TPK, they're more better, more better, good. 
They are. They just have, if I line up the rosters, they're deeper. Probably the better way to say it, but what the heck. Yeah. Well, Clarkson, Joe, George, uh, and then what Favors gave the Jazz in game one in a loss was pretty impressive last night. You know, he was still, what was he? He had, he only played 12 minutes, but the, he got five points and three rebounds. But, you know, if you break down the minutes, uh, I mean, his game one performance was about as good as, as we've seen all year long, um, 12, 11, and 4. That's that's D phase, man, at his best. But, you know, the George Niangs are going to have to chip in 8 to 10 points. You know what Joe's about. And Clarkson still finds a way, as we mentioned. The three may not fall, but he still has a way to get to the line and, and, and sneak in and score at the rim. So, you know, even a – I mean, I don't know if Ilya Sova is going to be a part of this or not. I thought he would be more, but I just don't know if it's, that's going to be uh, something that Jazz will use. It looks like uh, the decision's been made who's going to play, and it's a tight rotation. Mia Yoni hasn't played, Ilya Sova, Matt Thomas, uh, Trent Forrest. But if needed, they're there. But I think, again, I think you see the rotation and how it's going to, how it's going to play out. So Grayson Allen plays 23 minutes and is uh, minus 10 in the plus-minus in Game 1. And then in Game 2, he's 0 for 6 and minus 23 in 19 minutes. Can they eliminate the Grayson Allen minutes? Because it looks to me like the Jazz are feasting on him. They obviously have the perfect scouting report for him. They know him well. Is this an advantage the Jazz are just going to, well, to PK's point about the bench, let's face it, Memphis has the worser bench. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That, that was also, I could say, worse on the radio. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I'm, I'm looking at the box score last night, and, and you know, Bain played uh, 24 minutes and gave them eight, uh, five points. And Grayson Allen, you're right. I don't know. I, I don't think they have much more to go to. Taylor Jenkins, uh, their head coach, I don't think there's much more that, that he's got to go to. So at Grayson Allen really it has got to be a player, <clears throat> excuse me, that, um, that has to step up for Memphis if they want to have a chance to upset the one seed. But I, you know, we saw Grayson Allen for what a short period of time, 30, 35, 30, 35 plus games. And there were moments that he was able to, to, to look like he was NBA ready. Uh, I thought in game one, you know, he had a little bit more, uh, a little bit more spunk. I mean, he, he, you know, he only played 23 minutes, but still he hit a three, I guess, but yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't uh, performed like I thought he would. Uh, defensively, he's kind of his. Maybe he, maybe he taught Dylan Brooks some of the physical play of defense, right, from his uh, days at Duke. But um, I still think the bottom line is that the Jazz are the better team uh, and, and are the deeper team, and that's going to be the, the deciding factor in this series. I, I just don't see, uh, you know, really any more minutes for uh, productive minutes for Grayson Allen. He is who he is. And the same with Desmond Bain, the rookie, and the same with DeAnthony Melton. I mean, I don't think you're going to get more than 14, 17 points out of that group of players, and it's all on the big three of Memphis. It's on Morant, it's on Brooks, it's on Valanciunas, and maybe you get some um, some points from Jaron Jackson Jr. He was living at the free throw line, mind you, last night as well. Uh, but he still doesn't look right coming back from knee surgery, by the way. But uh, it's a work in progress with him. And then Kyle Anderson's kind of an X factor, too. But it's really, I think, the scoring is going to will be all on the backcourt and the big uh, for Memphis. What are all the rules as far as what you're allowed to broadcast going forward? 
Uh, we will broadcast uh, all the way up to round one, the end of round one, except if a game seven would occur, mo- most likely. I'm guessing that's uh, an exclusive on ABC. Uh, if ABC steps in any of the games, we can't broadcast. So okay. if it's TNT or ESPN, uh, we are able to do what they call side-by-side. Uh, they're not here. Uh, they're calling remotely, as we will again. It was great to be in the building for two games with fans. I just love it. It was yeah. great. And But we'll have a watch party. Uh, the fans are able to register and come in and watch. Uh, the game with us, uh, and we'll call it. Uh, Big T will be on hand with me on on both Saturday and Monday's games. So we'll we'll uh, we'll have the crowd at hand, and I'm, I like that idea too. I mean, uh, if they're away, let the fans enjoy uh, the arena and watch it on the big screen, just like uh, just like I will, and how we'll call that game. So uh, they'll be hearing thing. your voice in the arena. Uh, yeah, kind of bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if they they come in and um, we'll have it piped in and we'll oh, watch cool. it together off the big screen and the concession stands are open, uh, people can uh, you know come and go. Uh, you do have to register online um, with uh, I, I think you can check it out on utahjazz.com, uh, but it's free to the public and I think oh, they've already had six plus thousand reservations to come in. So I'm, I'm I think it's kind of a cool idea in a, in yeah, a difficult yeah. time and it doesn't cost you. Uh, you can just come in and, and enjoy the game and uh, in a in a big arena, you know, setting a feeling. So I'm I'm excited to have them there with us alongside. Yeah. Well, for people who cut the cord, this is a huge opportunity. True, it is, and you know, it's it's something. I'm not sure what game four. That's Memorial Day. Yeah. Uh, on Monday, which again, I'm not sure if they'll open the arena or not, but I know they're going to try this on on Saturday, and uh, hopefully, this there'll be more to come as the Jazz uh, continue down the road to, uh, to, to a Western Conference title and hopefully beyond. Well, Bowler, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for hopping on with us. Absolutely. Hey, just a, a shout-out to Joe. I thought that was one of the most incredible class moments in NBA, uh, I can't say history, but look, uh, handing a trophy off to your teammate, if he didn't think that was special, look, he put his own ego aside to honor a teammate. And I just sat back and went, wow, what a great idea by TNT. But Joe was the fuel behind it that would go along with it. Tell Joe as I warm up his act, man, thumbs up. I thought that was really one of the coolest moments uh, that two teammates could share. And I could tell Clarkson was truly, truly moved by that moment. Those two guys have a great bond, and you could tell. That was, that was a great moment for the Jazz, for Jazz fans and, and really Jazz history. It really was. It was great. Bowler will do it. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys. Take care. See you soon. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, and you can be in the arena with him Saturday. Check out utahjazz.com for the details. All right. Coming up, Joe Ingles in 15 minutes. Stay with us.